and, uh, and want to keep doing it, and they at least want to do it next year uh, if things prove out to be that way. We are in the midst of a purposeful, intentional 21 day. Now, if you have not been here 21 days and you said, oh, I missed it, no, you haven't. You can uh, do a 14 day or a 10 day. And one of the things that we are trying to build is in your life and in my life, we're trying to build some type of a habit, some type of a lifestyle by demonstrating a commitment to God that says we want you, we want to see you, we want to taste you, we want to know what you're like, and we will at least offer something to be intentional about this. And so I don't know if this is true. Uh, I know when I did my studies, they said it takes 21 days to break a habit. Uh, I don't know if the studies prove that, but we are believing that if you will be intentional for 21 days, I think you will see a change and maybe something that you've been looking for for quite some time. When this topic was assigned to me, and basically the topic is Jesus in solitude and silence, and uh, it is a topic that I study a lot. I study it a lot because I think it's one of the most important topics that I could ever think about, and I study it a lot because uh, it's an area that I continually fail at, and I'm hoping that this time of intentional uh, at least purpose that we'll see a difference. If I was to give one message to my children and my grandchildren and say, this is one thing that I want to leave you, this would probably be it today. And so therefore, I guess that falls into the same thing, then I have one message for you if I was to go ahead and have one thing left to say. A lot of people come to me throughout the years of at least my walking uh, with the Lord, and the comment that's made to me often is, I just don't seem to have this personal relationship that everybody talks about. I, I seem, it seems so distant. I, I want it so desperately, and yet he seems so far away. He seems like he's moved somewhere, and he didn't leave a forwarding address, and, and, and that's a constant thing. And I hope today that we can set uh, at least in motion some practical things that I believe uh, will help. Uh, the things that I'm going to talk to you about have been life-changing in my life. And when I apply them, they literally transform my life. That's why I've, I wonder sometimes, so I don't wonder, when God looked down upon the human race and he said, now I see them all stupid and void of knowledge. Why in the world would I find this that God helps me come into such a deep presence with him to be able to taste and smell and enjoy his presence and in the presence of God is fullness of joy and then somehow just let it fade away and let all the different distractions come and rob me from it. So we're going to look at a few verses in Mark 1, 35 and 36. It says, early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house. And he went out to a secluded place and was praying there. And Simon, or Peter, and his companions searched everywhere, looking anxiously for him. Mark 6 says, and he said to them, come away by ourselves to a secluded place and rest a little while. For there were many people who were continually coming and going, and they would not even find time to eat. And they went away by themselves in a boat to a secluded place. Luke 6 says, now at this time, Jesus went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Would you pray with me?
Father, you know that this area is so dear to me and you. And I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would empower me in some way, in some form, to be able to transcribe this truth or these things into the hearts of these lovely people. I pray for right now a blazing fire of consuming fire to sweep over this valley and over the people that are in their homes and that there would be just a consuming, burning fire that would keep away the enemy and his arrows that are shot to try to distract and try to avoid this. I feel it's probably one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses is to distract us and keep us busy so that we would never spend time with the one that we're designed to be in intimacy with. Father, I pray that you would speak forth these words and they would bring a change in our lives, which therefore would bring a change in our relationship. I so long for the joy in the hearts of your people as they experience this. And I do ask you so boldly because Jesus said I could come to you in his name. We're going to go kind of back and forth. I noticed the Apostle Paul did this a little bit. As he was talking about intimacy and knowing God, uh, he also referred and kept mixing in uh, husbands and wives and partners and people that would be in love and maybe in the courtship and the dating realm. And I'm going to use some examples here because they really, really open my eyes. But I don't want you to lose sight that what we are talking about is Christ and the bride. We are talking about that your husband, Jesus Christ, and you are the bride, and we're going to begin to move into that realm. I know for some of you girls it might be easier. Some of us guys that were taught a certain role that we were supposed to have as men, uh, we have to realize that we aren't the husband. We are the bride. And so what do we learn in that? And as I look back and I look at my relationship with my wife, Nancy, we've been married 45 or 46 years. I can say any number because she doesn't keep track, so I do pretty good just to guess there. And, uh, and there's things about our relationship that at first really startled me. I'd, you know, we've been married a long time. We do things together a lot. We see people together. We live together. We uh, like the same type of things. And if I went away, uh, whether it was on spring training, and I remember early I'd be gone for like three weeks, and I'd come back, and i come back, and I'm just ready to just embrace and love and stuff. And she said, I, I just feel like I need time to know you. I said, we've been married for 10 years. What do you mean know me? And she said, well, I just feel like when you're away, I don't know you unless I've been with you, and I've and I got to spend time with you. And... A lot of times, I think that we spend time together, you get up and maybe you have a coffee in the morning, or maybe you take a walk together in the morning, or maybe have a short devotional together, and these are wonderful things to do. Uh, maybe you go ahead, and when you have people over, you kind of cook together, together, and these are wonderful things to do. But I can tell you this, uh, with my firsthand experience, if I don't have larger blocks of time away with my wife alone, something happens where we just don't connect the way that I think we are intended to connect. There has to be a carved out period. And as I know in my relationship with God, and it was burned into me uh, to, to have devotions in the morning, and I get up, and that is something that's been consistent for 50 years, is to have devotions. But that isn't enough for me. 
And, and the thing is that in my time with God, there is a season where I needed to move into having blocks of time and lengths of time. And I began to move into this relationship where I seem to hear him better when I've had those blocks. I seem to hear him when I've carved out undisturbed time. And he said to me that these verses were just incredible, and he was using these in relationship. And he says, just as a spouse is with their husband, and just as a husband is with his bride, so am I with you. And he said, for your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of this earth. And it will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that you will call me Ishi, which is the word, my husband, and you will no longer call me Biela, which is your master. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and then you will know me, know me as your God. And I was thinking, what can I do? Because right now I want you to realize whether you know it or not, all through Scripture, from the beginning of the Scriptures all the way through to the end of Revelation 21, this is talked about. You have a husband chasing you. The word there is where we get the word wooing. He's doing things to woo you. You're sitting here and you look up and you see something up in the sky. Maybe that bald eagle that was up here the other day. And don't you know that that came from your husband? Your husband gave that to you to somehow brighten your life. And he's pursuing you all the time. Three pastors ago, there was a guy here named Rob Graham. A lot of you know Rob Graham. And uh, I'm not going to talk about Rob. I'm going to talk about Becky. Becky was Rob's husband, or wife. Uh, yeah, you didn't act a husband when you're around Rob. Okay. And she was asked by her husband and by the group of ladies for her to do a conference, and the conference is going to be on intimacy with your husbands. And so everybody comes, and everybody is kind of looking for the information from the wise uh, pastor's wife. And in a nutshell... Here's what she says. Show up. Just show up. And I'm asking you today that when God's pursuing you, just show up. This isn't on you. This is on God. God's chasing you. But if you do not show up, you will not have the intimacy. You will not have that intimacy that God has designed for you. The other thing is we're going to talk about distractions. Just a minute. No, I'm not that busy. What are you doing? No, I, I'm out in the field. How often does that distract? How often do these things bring distractions where are you with somebody and you're sitting before that person that you're desiring or wanting to get to know and you want to get to know them, there are so many distractions that we have. And today we have them more and more coming at you as fast as they can. And it says that a distraction will cause you to cease from hearing the voice of God. And if you don't hear the voice of God, you will not feel that love that, that was given to you. And that love that God wants you to experience and to feel and not only feel but embrace and bring that kind of joy that he promises. If these distractions are in your life, and we're going to talk more about the distractions, you're not going to sense the 
the love of God. You're not going to feel his love. There was a guy that had a great impact on my life. He had a great impact on many people out here's lives. And uh, he was a great communicator of this love of God. And he and I were in a cabin one time, and I, he was talking to me about experiencing God. And he said, one of the things that I found helpful for me, and he said, when I began to realize the love relationship that my husband and I had, I began to hear him sing to me throughout every day. It didn't matter if it was on the Christian radio or the secular radio. And he said, some of the love songs that I would hear, I began to bit the words that they were him singing to me and me singing to him. And even though the world that wrote those had no idea that they were basically speaking the words of God, because Ecclesiastes says that every gift given has been given by God for man to appreciate. So we're going to kind of do something. The, the group here is going to sing a love song. I want you to listen to the words. Do you have them written out for them? Are they on there? Yeah, oh, good. And just listen to the love songs, and then we'll come back here and make the love songs the ones between you and your husband. Angela's going to lead us in this.
Thank you. Distractions. All the different distractions. The Bible says and those that are on rocky ground are the ones that they hear the word, but they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves. They, so they endure it for a while, and then with hope they want more, but with tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they will fall away. And it says that uh, also there were those that, that hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of many other things will enter in and choke the word and choke it out. I believe that distractions keep you from this place. And I know that sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but we worry about everything. We worry about anything that we hear on the news. And we talked, I don't know, about three weeks ago when I spoke about the media. And, uh, and I was talking about a dominion and a principality. And they will give you information to cause you to worry, to cause you to become dependent. It reminds me of a guy named Brennan Manning told the story of this, uh, this Cajun man. And he was down working uh, in a, with a hole. And he was just digging in a hole. And a guy came by and said, Richard, Richard, your house is on fire. And he dropped the hoe, and he began to run hectically. And he's thinking, oh, no, i got to get there. And then all of a sudden, he came to his senses, and he stopped, and he says, what? My name's not Richard, and I don't own a home. <laughs> but I think that's us. We worry about everything. We fret about everything that comes up, and yet the cares of the world will strike you. I, I want you to th listen to this. If you've ever been in a dating relationship or in the midst of a courting relationship or in your marriage and you are with your wife or with your husband or the person that you are pursuing, there is only one thing that satisfies in that relationship. Believe me, I've made this mistake so often. When you're with them, there's a word that they use down in Africa. When they use the word blessing down in Africa, and they said, I'm, Donovan, I'm going to give you a blessing. The word literally means, I see you. I see you, and I'm here before you. You can't see somebody when you are constantly got your mind somewhere else. You're thinking about the project that you're working on, or you've got your phone on, and you think, well, I'll just turn it on silence, and then you just look down every time somebody calls. And it makes a person feel not preferred. You've got all kinds of distractions, the riches, and I should have made that phone call or, you know, so that I don't lose that, or the cares of the world, and oh, I'm going to miss the new information out, and if I don't get and tweet, I'll be behind. And we do it right with people. We do it in front of people. This was a lot easier when I was younger. The first phone I ever got was bigger than this as a portable phone, and I'd carry it in the car. I'd have to have it plugged in. And yet even with that, there was a temptation to distract. Here's what I'm going to challenge you in this 21-day time. Some of it will be just a beginning. Some of you just take little baby steps in it. But I promise you, if you will apply this, you will be found by God. He says, those that seek me will be found by me. The seeking means show up when he is pursuing you. And put everything away. At first, it's going to be really uncomfortable for you. Because we're not used to 
being still. We're not used to being quiet, and we want to get up, and we want to run in panic. And you'll be trying to say, okay, don't get up, and run, don't get up. If you will just say, I see you. I want to know you. I want to s- somehow see and feel and experience this. It says that you can even be smelled by the aromas of God can be smelled. To say, God, I want to stop everything. So for a little period in the day, I don't care what it is you start with. If it's a proverb or a psalm and you read it, just put everything else away. Don't do anything that distracts for just a little while. And after the uncomfortableness is there, it will begin to grow. And you will begin to hear God. And when you hear God, you want more of him. Put your place, put yourself in the place of his bride. You got a husband that is wanting you desperately. And so if you can do that and put it aside. Then for some of you, I also want you to be able to do something once a week. Besides that time that you're going to be with God alone with everything moved, I want you to block out a couple hours where nobody gets contact with you. No thing like this gets a hold of you. No electronics or any kind of books or anything else. Get still. And in some of those times, God's going to put on your heart a song might come to mind, just like what we just sang. The guy that gave me some of this information about the secular song's name was Bill Gillum. And his wife wrote a book called Faithful Forever. And in this little teeny pamphlet, the booklet was her finding God as her husband in places nobody else on the planet could solve. She'd be walking along in the woods and there'd be a flower. Do you know that nobody on the planet is going to see that flower? And Jesus would say, honey, that's for you. That's from me to you. The quieter she got, the more she saw the gifts. She began to see his love. If you're not sensing and feeling the love of God, two things. You're probably not showing up and probably too distracted to see and notice it. He is not slow with his love. Now, some of you say, oh, I do those things. Well, just awesome. That's just awesome. Then I'm going to challenge you. We have at our office where we've worked for about 40 years, we have what is called a day with the Lord. Everybody on our staff is required to take one day a month where they take one day and they go and they spend a day with God. I believe if they do that, they'll be able to hear God and they'll be able to then hear into the hearts of people. That started out so religiously for me. It was like, wow, this is amazing. This makes God's voice so here. But then I started using that day with the Lord to see if God wanted to do errands with me. And maybe we could just kind of mow the lawn together, which is fine. It's hard. Testimony that happened with Nancy and I. After we got married, uh, and I felt we had a really good relationship, God has blessed us with a, just an unbelievable amount of good friends. We are rich beyond measure with friends. And so what happened is we, we have a heart to be with friends. They come to our heart, and, and we want to be with them. And so what we decided to start doing is said, we're going to have to pick nights, and, and so we'll have to, let's, let's go ahead and see if they want to come over. And we began to double date with friends. And our, our calendar and our schedule was filling up. And it dawned on me one time, 
When's the last time you and I have been alone? So we went out alone after, I don't know, how, a pattern of maybe a year and a half of doing this. And we sat down, and we didn't have anything distracting, and we just looked at each other. I'd never felt so awkward, and she did too. We'd look over at the people over here, and then we'd look back. What are you going to have to eat? We had forgotten how to be our own lovers. We had gotten good at being partners with people. It was uncomfortable, but we were going to make it through it. We were going to continually do this until we broke through to where we loved our time together. When I got done with that, God said, it's exactly what's happening with us. You're very good at visiting with me and about me with others. How about if we date alone? That transformed my life. That's the thing that I wanted to share with you is, believe me, it is worth every amount of effort that you have to put into it to show up. You don't have to make something happen, figure out how to do it. Show up. Sometimes I just open the word. I didn't even know where he wanted to go. And sometimes God would say, let's close the word. But I began to experience a part of God that I wanted and longed for people to taste. And, and we talk about it. You look up here and you see the passion of people that talk about God and say, I want some of that. People, Ben doesn't have anything you don't have. He just shows up, and he gets to see God. And when you see God, these things begin to happen. And then this becomes contagious. And when you feel and experience this, you basically want others to feel and experience it. And you want to tell somebody about it. So I encourage you, whatever it is that you're going to commit to, you don't have to commit what I commit to. You don't have to commit to a whole day. Just show up to God and say, Let's begin awkwardly, but I'm going to be here, and I'm going to show up, and here's where I'm going to be at this time. I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to have another love song for you. 45, 46 years ago, I didn't want to be married. I was playing baseball. I was headed to make baseball. And court. You know, you've heard the saying, women weaken legs, and so I didn't want anything ruining my baseball career. But I woke up. One morning at 3 a.m., and I know because it was one of those clocks that flips the little thing over, and it said 3 a.m., and it was like God was saying, pray for your spouse. I had no idea about a spouse. I had no idea I didn't want a spouse. But I decided that at 3 o'clock, I would pray for my spouse. That lasted about 10 seconds to pray for her. Next morning, 3 a.m., click, pray for your spouse. So I began to be on a journey to pray for my spouse. And I had no idea. I thought maybe it was about 15 years ahead, 10 years ahead. And as I began to meet with God, that praying for my spouse began to also put me in the place of a spouse. And this is where these truths began to become alive to me. It wasn't long after that. I remember hearing a charm. It was an alarm clock, and it's the bell goes ding, ding. Ding. And I said, hey, they're playing our song. 3 a.m., God. And what happened at that time is I was 
in the middle of no interest other than I was being alone with God and showing up. I'm playing baseball. I'm out in left field. And one of my best friends, uh, who always showed up to my games, and, and uh, she was involved with another guy, and, and a really neat guy. I encouraged her that he'd be a good guy to marry. And uh, she was kind of like my sister. And I'm out in the outfield, and I'm studying the batter, and I look over to the stands, and I see her in the stands, which was not unusual to see her in the stands. But I look over there, and a veil was lifted off my eyes just like that, and said, wow, this is not my sister. I asked her to marry me that night. Listen to this song. <laughs> 